It is Thursday, February 10th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, the gold medal winning king of nose butter, J.P. Shadrick. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with you from TIAA Bank Field. Joe Fortunato there. Brent Reber on the video side. A busy show ahead on what could be a landmark day in Jaguars history. The Pro Football Hall of Fame announcement coming up tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern time. The NFL Honors Show from Los Angeles. We'll hear from Tony Baselli from L.A. at about 4.30 or so. He's scheduled to join us today, and we'll get his final thoughts ahead of what could be, we all hope it is, finally his day to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the announcement coming tonight. We'll go through the process with him as well today. He's been around Radio Row. We'll hear from NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks and get his thoughts on the reported hirings of assistant coaches for the Jaguars. Bucky, about 4.15. Senior writer John Osier joining us from Los Angeles coming up as well. And we'll uh, hear a little bit of Doug Peterson's conversation with Brian Sexton. That's about 4.45 today. The full conversation available on Jaguars.com. But a one-on-one conversation this past Saturday. As we said, tonight is the night. The NFL Honors Show from Los Angeles. Part of the NFL Honors. The announcement of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022. The modern era candidates and the enshrinees or the uh, elected players would be announced tonight. Five of those will be. We hope Tony Vaselli is in there. Well, John Osher has been running around L.A. for a couple of days. He joins us now from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56. John, good afternoon to you. What's happening on Radio Row today? Well, a lot of talk, as you know from JP, I mean, as you know from being around this, JP, but uh, from for our world, for the Jaguars people who are here, Patrick Cavanaugh, Dave Candace, and myself, we're here for the announcement of Tony Baselli. We're hoping, as you said at the top of the show, February 10th, 2022, what you hope is that this is a landmark day for the Jaguars because that's really what it would be. It would be a great day for Tony. He deserves it. But it would be the Jaguars' first Hall of Famer, and that would be cool. It's a big deal. Obviously, the first uh, draft pick in, in franchise history, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, the shortened career because of shoulder issues. But everyone you talk to, most everybody you talk to who either played against him one-on-one or played with him, know that in that window, he was the best player in football, at that position especially. Well, I was fortunate enough, JP, to cover, I think, all but maybe three or four of Tony's games. I left in 2000. Uh, he, he played a little bit in 2001. But I, I saw the great majority of his career. In addition to that, I spent a lot of that time during that time covering the Jaguars for the paper for the Florida Times Union. So I talked to people about Tony. Uh, you know, I guess we're a little biased, but to me and to many, many others, he was the best left tackle in what many people consider the golden era of the position. Orlando Pace uh, played at the same time. Uh, Willie Rofe played at the same time. Uh, uh, Jonathan Ogden played. Those guys are in. Tony was first team All-Pro three years in a row during that time with those guys in the league. That's the uh, bell mark of the position. That's what shows you who is the best. Tony was the best I ever saw play the position. Many others agree. Uh, I think this is his time. And what's interesting, JP, we've talked about it a lot 
amongst ourselves, amongst Jaguars fans. It doesn't always work out that that first pick of a franchise who's supposed to be the cornerstone is the cornerstone. He was the cornerstone. How fitting it would be if he's the first, and I think he will be. John Ozier joining us from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. Well, the, the process, we've gone through a few times now this process with Tony being in the finalists. He's you know, obviously the last five years or so, actually now six years as a finalist, the last five have been in the top ten. That means he's gotten through the first cut of the finalists in that room. We'll see where it goes tonight. But, I mean, that's, that's a lot of close calls. There have been a number of first uh, ballot players uh, Clark Judge wrote an article today, uh, talking. he's one of the electors, and said there were 10 sure. first ballot choices the last four years, and there was a run of offensive linemen, of course, we talked about Fanica, Hutchinson, and Mawai. Those are all gone now, so this seems like as good a year as any. This seems like the year. I've written about it and talked about it so much that I know people who have to listen to me a lot get tired of saying it. Hutchinson, Fanica, and Mawai and Baselli were the four, four or five years ago that every voter you talk to, and I'm fortunate enough to have known a lot of Hall voters for a long time, so I talked to them on and off the record about it. All of them have said all four of those guys will eventually get in. The people who are in the room and vote, they study this process, they know how it works. Tony's been, I think you said, JP, top 10, five years in a row. Yeah. Very rare for guys to get that close and not eventually get in because if you're getting that kind of vote, there are a lot of people in the room who firmly believe you're a Hall of Famer. I've, I've never talked to anybody who thinks he doesn't deserve to be in. These votes can come down to circumstance, to votes, to other players getting votes. Everybody I've talked to thinks this is Tony's year. I'm more confident than I ever have been. I'd be surprised if it's not, but we'll see. Jaguars.com senior writer John Ozier joining us from Los Angeles. I loved your conversation with Anthony Munoz earlier this week. It's on Jaguars.com right now. Uh, Hall of Fame player, of course, his team is is in the Super Bowl, so a lot of folks want his thoughts on what the the Bengals are doing this week. But your conversation with him was mainly about Tony Baselli, and he has him right up there at the top of that class as well of those players that played in the, the mid to late 90s. Yeah, and Anthony's been quoted before saying he thinks Tony was the best ever, better than him. I think that's some humility. Most people set uh, Munoz as the gold standard of the position. But he shared a story in that conversation of him coming down when he was working for ESPN and doing a very good piece on Tony when Tony was in his prime, 96 or 97. As he's relaying that story, I can remember as a reporter for the Times Union, talking to Munoz when he was in town at that point, maybe it was 97 or 98, and Munoz detailing how he believed Tony was better, how he, how he believed Tony had the potential and was going to be, and maybe even was, the best ever played the position at that point. Uh, Munoz absolutely believes he should be in. Uh, there's a fraternity of great left tackles who have played the position over the years. Uh, Pace, we mentioned, Ogden, Munoz is one of them. Those guys already see Tony as one of them. He's in their fraternity, but you, you sort of need that gold jacket to be in, the, in that fraternity. And JP, as I've told you before, the only problem with giving Tony a gold jacket is he'll never take it off. Oh, no. 
Never will. Uh, well, he'll be wearing that thing everywhere. And of all the busts in that room in Canton, he'll have the largest bronze yeah. bust of them all. We know that for sure. Yeah, uh, he won't be able to make it back out of the room. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, uh, John Osher with us from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles, California. So, all right, what does the rest of the day hold? It's a 9 o'clock Eastern time show tonight, 8, 7, 6 o'clock Pacific time. Do they have, do, you know, what time do the players find out? We'll ask Tony coming up a little more of the detail of that. But what do you have the rest of the day to cover? Just sort of waiting on it. We'll go to the uh, press conference that follows it, hoping to be, uh, you know, I've, I've joked all day. What I want to not do tonight is have to do sort of the cheek click interview where you go, here we are again, Tony, because I've done that four or five years in a row. I've, I've lived through seeing his family so disappointed. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's an emotional moment. So from that point of view, he's lived through that disappointment so much that you hope it happens for him. For us, we'll be at the press conference. We'll be waiting. We'll have it streamed live on, on Jaguars.com. People can watch it there. And then we'll have the reaction from him afterward, which I hope is a happy reaction. That would be for sure nice. Uh, was he, he was around Radio Row, I heard today, right, making the rounds as usual? He was. I spoke to him for a few minutes, and then he was uh, You're talking to a lot of different people about it. And uh, I think he feels good about it. I think he's hopeful. And uh, he reads the tea leaves like everybody else. But he also knows that there's nothing guaranteed in this process. John, uh, hey, what's uh, John Osher with us from Super Bowl 56 Radio Row in Los Angeles? You know, this is Tony Baselli Day. Hopefully we'll uh, hear that call tonight when he's announced as a class of 2022 Pro Football Hall of Famer. What's the general reaction there about the Doug Peterson hiring? You've uh, been able to kind of make the rounds in the room there. Um, all positive for the most part? Yeah, he's positive. I talked to... Uh Adam Kaplan yesterday, who knows Philadelphia sports as well as anybody, and talked to Brian Baldinger from the NFL Network. Uh, the vibe is good. There's a lot of, well, you know, it's, it, it would be hard for it to be a step back because it was a tough year last year. So there's a lot of that as well. But I think overall, people nationally and people who, knows, who know the NFL know Doug. They know what he's about. They know he can handle the job. They have the same vibe, JP, that you and I got from talking to him after the press conference on Saturday. He's a professional coach. He knows what, he knows what he's doing. The word you keep hearing about him is a great collaborator. That's sort of what we heard on Saturday, somebody who can bring the building together, who can coach his coaches, who players are going to believe in. All of those things that you heard leading up to it are things that you hear now. That's what the franchise needs, and it feels like he's that guy. John, thanks for the time. Enjoy the rest of the day, and uh, let's uh, hopefully this gets done tonight with Tony Baselli in the Hall of Fame. Fingers crossed. Let's bring home the gold. No doubt. That's uh, John Ozier, Jaguars.com senior writer, joining us from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. And as you uh, heard him say, the uh, press conference tonight, if he gets in, we'll have it on uh, jaguars.com if that is the case. Daly's play schedule is heating up. Yes, it is. Spring is right around the corner. And what a schedule ahead. AEW Dynamite coming up March 2nd. And then the concert series begins in April. Brothers Osborne, April 8th. Lil Dirk, April 19th. Tim McGraw. May 5th, Erica Badu and friends, including Goody Mob, May 6th. 
And they're a couple nights later in uh, the summer with Dave Matthews Band, the entire band. That was announced the other day. Tickets available at dailiesplace.com, along with more information. Plenty more ahead on Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll return with NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks. And we'll get into some of these Jaguars assistant coaches being reported. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You know, I think what really strikes players is that Doug is a genuine guy and he doesn't put on airs. And I think that that resonates with players. And really, that's what it's all about here. There, there's no, and he'll say it a lot with you guys, he'll say that there's no more team game than a football team and a game like that. I mean, you have to get everybody to buy in, whatever your role is. Do your job, do your job the best. And if everybody does their job, great then you're going to have a lot of success. And that's really what Doug Peterson is all about. So I, I think his motivation, and it, you know, the thing about Doug in Philly, well, we look at the Super Bowl win, we look at the playoff appearances after that. It wasn't easy in those three seasons. I mean, one of the themes in his time here was a ton of injuries. And Doug always was able to right the ship, or sh- right the ship, stay calm, make sure that the next man up was prepared to play football, and, you know, by and large, until 2020, the Eagles kept winning football games and reaching the postseason. That is Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider on the new Jaguars head coach. Of course, uh, Doug Peterson was a player in Philly. He was an assistant coach in Philadelphia, the head coach of the Eagles, who finally got them to the mountaintop and a Super Bowl championship. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. The full conversation with Spadero available on Jaguars.com. Uh, let's go back to Los Angeles now and welcome in NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks uh, joining us from uh, your, your home studio. The, you know, Bucky, the Super Bowl's in your town right now, right? It is in my town. It is a, a little bit of a zoo down there, LA Live <laughs> in the convention center with everything that's going on. Radio Row is in full earnest and popping on a Thursday. I decided because of all that, I think we're going to stay at the house today. We're going to avoid some of the rat race, and I'm just going to hang out and wait for JP to call. Well, I mean, you you live the rat race every day. Let's be honest with you. You're all over the place. You've got you've got radio. You've got TV. You've got all these the, – the mock draft season is here. I mean, you, you are in the rat race every day. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm I'm in the middle of it right now. It's a bit of a transition because it's the end of 2021, as we know it, with the Super Bowl culminating the end of the season. But it's the beginning of 2022. And so if we think about it from a Jaguars perspective, now that we have the head coach in place, we're beginning to put the pieces of the coaching staff together. Now we can start looking at those mock drafts with a little reality-based mm. sense and feel for who could be the next players. And so now it's an exciting time because remember, JP, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be in Indianapolis at the Combine. And I know that you've already made reservations so we can go eat at a couple fine uh, establishments and you got the credit card all paid down so we can we can have a good time. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, the uh, expense report, uh, I'd like to apologize in advance for what's going to happen in Indianapolis. <laughs> Bucky Brooks with us, NFL Network analyst. All right, so the Jaguars have reportedly come to terms with a number of assistant coaches. Uh, the word is when it's done, maybe next week they'll have one full announcement with everybody on the list together. But uh, today, the the most recent name that's been out there is Press Taylor, 
offensive coordinator, reportedly uh, coming to terms with the Jaguars, and uh, you know Zach Taylor's brother, first of all, and mm-hmm. has a history with Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. He is the guy responsible for the Philly special. How about that, Bucky? How about how about that? I think um, when you think about Press Taylor, I, I, I think we probably should examine all of those moves around the quarterback uh, together. So it's Press Taylor as the offensive coordinator. It's Mike McCoy as the quarterback coach. And then it's Doug Peterson as the ultimate play caller. Well, Press Taylor and Doug Peterson obviously have a history having worked there together. And so the one thing that we know is that there's going to be synergy. The verbiage and the language is going to be the same for the quarterback everybody is going to be in alignment. With Mike McCoy, what you have is, um, one, you have a a guy who played. Like, Doug Peterson, Mike McCoy, and myself were all on the Green Bay Packers in the mid-'90s. Mike McCoy was on the practice squad. And so you have that connection and synergy between guys who know one another, who are in the same quarterback room, who understand how the position should be taught. And so when you think about trying to create that, that, that synergy from top to bottom, meaning everyone who touched a quarterback is saying the same things. And so there's no confusion in terms of drills, instruction, schematics, all of that stuff is together. And so I love it the way that they're putting it together. You know, I think we buried the lead here. Forget Favre and Reggie White. I mean, you three guys were were on the Packers together. I feel like that's forgotten. Yeah, look, how about that? Like, like, who, who knew? Like, Doug Peterson, myself, Mike McCord, we were all together. In fact, at the time, um, Mike McCoy and I were on the scout teams taking it on. I was still playing wide receiver <laughs> before moving to defensive back. And so, like, we stood around the yard a little bit, challenged the defense okay. and do all that stuff. And so, um, I'm excited. I can't wait to get back into town because, for me, it's like an old reunion. Like, maybe they can give me, like, a, a little whistle and I can hang in the far corner of the practice field. Oh, uh, see. Talk to the uh, – Here he goes again. And punters or Bucky's, something like that. Bucky's know? trying to, like, you know, uh, politic for a gig. I don't know. I don't necessarily little... want a gig. I just like a T-shirt. I just, <laughs> just like a just, T-shirt and some just, shorts official. Just some know? Jaguar gear and, okay, I'm with you. We could, we could probably make that happen. Bucky Brooks with us, NFL Network analyst here on Jaguars Happy Hour. <laughs> you know, that's the offensive side. That's priority number one, get things right around the quarterback. But – if Doug Peterson, as he says, is going to call plays and be offensive guy and do all that stuff, well, the de- the the defensive coordinator role is huge, and they're still kind of up in the air. Mike Caldwell's name was out there early. Gerald Alexander's name came in later. I haven't really seen a report of any resolution here, Bucky, but uh, Mike Caldwell's name was the lead name for a long time. Yeah, Mike Caldwell is interesting because Mike Caldwell obviously worked under Doug Peterson. They have a history together they they've been around each other and so there's some familiarity uh with the players and so with the player and the coaches and and all that other stuff and so when you think about doug peterson uh trying to i guess assemble a staff you could say he's in a way trying to get the band back together he wants people who can kind of run the schemes that he's familiar with now i think mike caldwell is very interesting a very interesting hire because his time at tampa bay put him around ty bowles Ty Bowles, as you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is one of the most aggressive defenses that you will find. A lot of zone dogs, a lot of pressure from everywhere, but they did things that allowed the corners to be safe in coverage. Uh, It'd be interesting to see how much of that he would implement in in Jacksonville if he is the guy. And then Gerald Alexander, I would say a former Jaguar, but someone I know personally having watched him work out, having watched him come out of Boise as a good player. a guy who I must tell you is one of the finest teachers that you will find at the defensive back position. 
Um, when you talk to the players that have been touched by Gerald Alexander as a coach, they rave about him. Talking to the players from California when they were coming out, they just talked about how he got them ready to play. His attention to detail and instruction is superb. Down in Miami, the impact that he had in a really quick time on the young players uh, from a developmental standpoint. In my Look, if I had my dream list, I would like for both of those guys to come on board because right. I think there's value for both of them and what they could add to the unit. I don't know if that can happen, but I'm saying you're talking about two very, very good coaches. Um, I think it certainly would be an upgrade of what we've seen previously. Is there any hesitation there with his just lack of NFL coaching experience? He hasn't been in the league as a, you know, he was a DB coach the last couple of years in Miami, but that's really been the bulk of his time in the league. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously there's a little bit of a concern, but you don't get experience until you have opportunity. True. Uh, he played in the league for a long time. Uh, I think what really helps and maybe what will buffer some of the inexperience in terms of an NFL coach is that he had to do it in college as a position coach. And so when you're coaching college kids, we talk about the, the, the precision and the detail that you need to uh, have to, ability to take complex matter and make it very, very simple and digestible for your 18 to 22-year-olds, that experience could allow him to be a very, uh, a very good teacher at the NFL level. As I said, if we could get both of those guys on board, I would be very, very happy because I saw what the Miami Dolphins defense looked like. I saw how Xavier Howard and those guys played under the tutelage of Gerald Alexander. Uh, I know he'd, be, he'd do a fine job. And He's a former Jaguar, so that also matters. Sign them all up. Yeah, I like that. Bucky Brooks with us, NFL Network analyst here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Special teams, Heath Farwell, a name that's been reported to the Jaguars. He's been in Buffalo, I believe, as of late. Mm -hmm. This is a special teams group last year. I mean, they had some struggles in coverage. They had a couple of early successes with the kick returns, but as the season went along, the roster changed and the churn and all that. Just didn't work out well in special teams last season. What do you know about Farwell? Well, I haven't watched Farwell um, as an undrafted free agent. I want to say he came out of San Diego State. That is my area of the country when I was scouting. Yeah. Look, this guy made a nice career for himself as a special teamer, uh, someone who could come down and, and look really cover all the kicks. And he is taking it, and he's become an outstanding special teams coach. When you look at what he's been able to do as assistants with Seattle and Carolina, respectively, you think about the Buffalo Bills and their special teams, and not only their special teams and how they play, but – how they were a part of the culture that Buffalo created. Um, special teams have to be uh, a special deal. It has to be important because what you're doing is you're trying to convince a bunch of guys who have never necessarily participated in the kicking game to not only participate, but to excel in that phase. And so the special teams coach has to be enthusiastic. He has to be a great teacher. He has to be a great team builder because he has to build that team together. So Heath Farwell comes with a lot of accolades and recognition. He did a great job in Buffalo. I would expect him to do a great job down in Jacksonville. Bucky, always appreciate the time. Uh, you know, it kind of feels like just reading the tea leaves and talking to people. We heard from John Osher out there a minute ago. He's been around Radio Row that uh, this should be, hopefully, Tony Baselli's night to get in the Hall of Fame. It would be nice to finally get that done. Oh, look, man, Tony, it's about time for Tony to go. Tony, um, goes and then what that does is that opens the door for Fred T and Jimmy Smith and maybe some other guys to eventually get through the door but Tony Baselli um, is one of the best players that I've ever played with I still have vivid memories of him dominating Bruce Smith in that postseason game where we upset them in the wild card round uh, look people talk about the brevity of the career I don't worry about that I worry about the dominance and so if he does get in tonight it is well deserving he's one of the best players that the league has ever seen
Bucky, uh, thanks for the time. As always, we'll talk to you again next week. Let's do it, man. I'll talk to you soon, my guy. Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst, joining us here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Some thoughts about uh, the reported coaching hires. And as we said, when this thing is finalized, maybe next week you can expect one big announcement with all the coaches on one and uh, maybe some availability of um, possibly the coordinators. That's down the road a little bit. Still a little work to be done on the Jaguars coaching staff in the days ahead. We're back in a moment, and we are out to Tony Baselli. Yes, the man of the hour. Can he get into the Hall of Fame tonight? The announcement comes at NFL Honors tonight. We'll hear from Tony when we return. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with you. Our thanks to John Osier, Jaguars.com senior writer, joined us from Radio Row in Los Angeles at Super Bowl 56. Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst, joined us from home, his home studio. He might get back in the fray tomorrow. Friday on Radio Row is usually a big deal. This is Tony Baselli's day, we hope. Pride of the Jaguars left tackle joining us from Los Angeles now. The NFL Honors show coming up at 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight where they will announce the modern era uh, electees to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Tony, how you feeling? What's up? How am I feeling? I am feeling uh, good, JP. I mean, it's uh, I feel like I'm an old veteran of this. This is a <laughs> sixth time I've been a uh, finalist. Uh, but yeah, it's good. It, you know, it's a lot of energy out in LA. You know, honor show tonight. They're, they they changed the order a little bit in the past. They did honors the night before the Super Bowl. Now they moved it up. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of kicking off the uh, Hall of Fame week. Tony, so what, take us through the process. In the past, you'd have uh, the gentleman from the Hall of Fame come knock on the door if you're in, or you'll get a phone call if you're not. Uh, is it similar now since uh, the COVID? What has changed? Like, what's your process the next few hours? Yeah, they've changed it. I mean, they, you know, the process is different. They, you know, take in account for COVID and making sure everything's, you know, safe and everything else. So, um, they're really trying to make it the big announcement at the honor show. So everyone will find out at the same time. So I'll be heading over there and uh, we will uh, see how it goes. You'll find out when you get there, you just got to go and just go blind. And then all of a sudden either in, you're in or you're out. How about that? It'll be, it's a, it, it'll be a, it's gonna be a fun night. Let's, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. I like that for sure. Tony Baselli with us. Uh, you, I heard you made the media rounds today on radio row. You do that most years. Of course, I, in the years past, you've been involved with the broadcast on Westwood one, not this year, but with the hall of fame stuff. I'm sure you were a popular guy today on radio row. Yeah, it was a busy one. It was good. Um, it's funny. A lot of questions about the hall of fame. I'm like, well, we'll find out tomorrow. I think some of them wish I would have come tomorrow and not today. So that there'll be you know, more details around the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's almost back to normal JP, I guess, you know, the Super Bowl and radio row, it's probably 50% of what it was pre COVID. Um, you know, not as many stations, but it was good. It's good to have it back. You know, and you, you, you can sense the buildup and you've been to these before kind of each, each day, but as you get closer to the game, there's more intensity and more excitement. So it was good to be out there today. Tony Baselli with us, pride of the Jaguars left tackle, finalist for the Pro, 
Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll find out tonight. NFL Honor Show, 9 o'clock on ABC, ESPN Plus, and NFL Network. Uh, you know, all right, let's talk big picture Tony Baselli career stuff, since this is the Tony Baselli day to do that, and we don't do that a lot. What is your top career highlight, Tony? Um, well, that's a great question, JP. There's so many. I mean, I, I mean, an overall overarching highlight is just being a part of the organization from the beginning, you know, being the first pick and being on the expansion team and, and kind of um, having the success we did. I mean, it was an amazing ride. Obviously, that 96 um, playoff run we had with two big wins in Buffalo and Denver, we'll, I'll never forget. 99, we had a you know, great team. Unfortunately, couldn't get over the hump. Uh, because of the Titans, you know, there's, you know, being able to go play in Pro Bowls in Hawaii as a young player was remarkable. Making, you know, the playoffs four straight years was fun. Uh, you know, there's, but at the end of the day, I think my favorite part is the guys in the locker room. You know, you miss the, you miss that, you know, camaraderie and getting together and laughing and joking and, and going out and competing together. So, um, there's a lot it was a lot it was great it was a lot of amazing times um that i had as a jacksonville jaguar is that the hall of fame calling do you need to get that phone call tony i don't is that them no, no, it's no, not no them. Oh, i thought i don't I got, wanna... I got every i got everyone <laughs> and their brother in this room right now trying to get ready <laughs> yeah who else who else with doors, you doors are knocking i got <laughs> oh every, all my kids wife People everywhere. It's chaos in here, JP. It's chaos. Just, I'm, like, I'm trying to work. Quiet. It's like another day at the Baselli household. I've seen this in person before. This is how it works yeah, all the time. You've been to the you've been to the house. You've been over for holidays, so you know the, how chaotic it is um, yeah. around here. That's what they just call Thursday in Baselli land for yeah, sure. It's a, it's a normal day. <laughs> it's it's a really day. They all, all happen to be in one uh, hotel room. So it's interesting. Last couple minutes with you, we'll let you get on your way. Yeah. I get a lot coming on. Uh, so, uh, you know, who was when you were coming up as a young player? Who did you look up to as a left tackle? You know what? I want to play like this guy. Who was your your guy you looked up to? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even play offensive lineman until I got my junior year in high school. Um, you know, I was like everyone else wanted to play quarterback or you know defense or do something. Um, it wasn't until my junior year my uh, high school coach Sam Pagano moved me to the offensive line. So I didn't even really, you know, like most kids, you watch the ball. And then I think when I got to SC, I was fortunate to bat uh, my freshman year. Pat Harlow was the starter and uh, was a former first-round draft pick, so I got to watch him play. You know, Anthony Munoz was a SC grad and obviously, the, you know, in my opinion, the greatest left tackle ever played the game. You know, I, so I'd watch tape on him. Um, and kind of model my game and see what he was doing and kind of the techniques. And so, you know, and I think the biggest thing, JP, is is I had great coaches. I mean, the coaches I had um, were remarkable. I mentioned Sam Pagano as my head coach in high school. Um, John Matsko, who's still coaching in the NFL today, was my offense line coach at USC the first two years. After that, it was Mike Berry, who uh, coached all over college and was an amazing influence in my life and then I got to the pros and had another really good offensive line coach Mike Mazur so you know so much of the things that have influenced me and, and contributed to whatever success I had was I was fortunate that God put really good people in my in my path. John Ozer talked with Anthony Munoz yesterday Tony and uh, Munoz said that you know, he was offered the offensive line coaching job the year before you got to SC and didn't take it he said if, if I'd have taken it I might have messed up Tony Baselli. I don't know if I believe. Yeah, that. I, I, I don't think I believe that. Uh, Anthony's a, 
you know, one of the things that I always loved about watching Anthony, he was such a technician. He's a great athlete. I mean, amazing athlete for a human being his size, but the way he approached the game and, and how um, he performed so well because of the, of the great technique that he had. So I bet you he would have been an awesome coach. Um, so I've appreciated that friendship. You know, it's kind of grown as I got into the NFL and uh, it continues to grow. So he's someone I've always looked up to. He's a great player. He's great. He's a great person, great husband, father. Um, and so having him on uh, Say Nice Things About You is always a pretty cool thing. All right, Tony, we'll leave you this. It may not be a fair question for you, but you're here. So I'm going to ask you, uh, yeah. what, would, what would this mean for, first off, the Jaguars organization, having uh, the, the, the first Hall of Fame player in franchise history, and what would it mean for the city of Jacksonville and Jaguars fans to, to finally have somebody with a bronze bust in Canton? Um, I mean, there's probably others that could answer that better than I can. But I'll say this. I'll be proud to represent the Jaguar fans, the organization in our great city of Jacksonville. And so they've always been good to me, JP. Always been so supportive through this whole process when I was a player, when I got hurt. I mean, they've been amazing. I mean, it's one of the reasons I choose to live in Jacksonville and raise my family and and, and do life. So um, I hope I hope I can do them proud. I hope that um, if it goes the way we all hope it goes, that they'll be excited because they're a big part of it. Um, they're a big part of this whole journey and uh, and my growth as a player and as an individual. Tell Angie and the kids hi and good luck tonight, Tony. We'll talk to you. All right. Thanks, JP. That's Tony Vaselli. He is a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The announcement tonight, NFL Honors, 9 o'clock Eastern on ABC, ESPN Plus, and NFL Network. Not sure exactly what time in the show it will be announced, but uh, if he makes it, if he's announced as one of the enshrinees coming up, then uh, we'll have the press conference after live right here on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. When we return, we'll hear from Doug Peterson. He sat down this past weekend with Brian Sexton one-on-one, and we'll get some thoughts from the new Jaguars head coach. We'll take a live look at the construction underway at the Football Performance Center as well as we do every week. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour continues. If you're watching on Jaguars.com or Jag social media, it's a look at the site of the Football Performance Center, and yes, there is dirt moving. There has been dirt moved. There's been concrete removed. There's been field removed. And the uh, footprint on the right is where the building will be, at least the main building, for the Jaguars Football Performance Center, slated to open for training camp in 2023. So they are just getting started. Uh, But there is some progress, which is... Good news, and it's a good thing to see the start of some great things here in downtown Jacksonville. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with you. A busy day, of course. The NFL Honors Show tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern time. They will announce the elected players for the Pro Football Hall of Fame from the modern era. Five of those players in the modern era will be announced tonight, and hopefully Tony Baselli is one of those. We heard from Tony just a moment ago. Our thanks to John Osier as well. And uh, Bucky Brooks, who joined us from Los Angeles. Uh, we, we talked with Tony a, a moment ago, and we are asking him, hey, who'd you watch? Who'd you like You know, when you were coming up? Anthony Munoz was the name that he discussed, and we mentioned that uh, conversation with John Osier. Let's still run a bit of that uh, now. It's available on Jaguars.com, the full thing, but 
Anthony Munoz yesterday at Radio Row with John Osier about Tony Baselli's chances of getting in the Hall of Fame and his ability as a player. Hopefully uh, it's, the wait is over sure. for Tony, but you know we talk about it all the time. A guy's an amazing player. I mean, he's a great person, as we all know, but uh, I had a chance to broadcast a couple of games, and you know, we've, we've, I've kind of laughed over the years. Uh, I'm glad I didn't take the job because I might have messed him up, but uh, he was at USC, and John Robinson offered me the offensive line job the year after I retired, and Tony was there. So uh, maybe it was good that I, I went into broadcasting and didn't coach Tony. That would have been fun, though. But, uh, yeah, the guy's just amazing. I mean, you know, the size, strength, speed, techno, you know, mm -hmm. the technical part of it, and then, uh, you know, the little bit of the nasty streak that I like, or maybe a lot of nasty. But, yeah, I, I'm curious to, to hear and see what happens. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big Tony fan. From an X's and O's point of view, what made him great? I mean, you play the game as well as anybody. Well, I, you know, what I said, I mean, not only is what, 6'7", you know, 320, 330, whatever he weighed, but it's, you know, just the athleticism he had, the ability to move out in space, to, you know, for a big guy, you know, the leverage he played with and uh, the hands that he, I mean, it just, it's everything that you'd like to see an offensive lineman do, especially an offensive tackle, left tackle out in space. And like I said, he's a smart guy. I mean, you know, when you get a smart guy out there that uh, knows how to change it up when you're playing, that, that makes a, a big difference. And then, you know, you, you throw in that uh, that nasty streak, and to me that that is the ingredient for a uh, Hall of Fame tackle. You, uh, how well do you know him, and what would this honor mean to him if it happens? Know him pretty well. Uh, you know, I, again, when he was at SC, I watched him play, and then I'll never forget uh, I was with ESPN at the time, and they flew me down to down to Jacksonville, okay. and I wore sweats. You can't wear sweats. We went out in the field, and they just rolled the camera, and, and we must well. have been out yep. there for an hour. And we talked about technique, the mental part of the game. I asked him questions. He asked me questions. So I got to know him, and then just see him at, you know, there's a golf tournament that, you know, just uh, finished after 20 years in Orlando, and he was always there, and I always went down. So, you know, just different events. I've had a chance to be around him. And, uh, so yeah, you know, I would say I know him pretty well, and uh, and it would uh, not only be exciting to, to hear that because of him and his family, and you know, of course, first of all, his football, his family, and it doesn't hurt that we're both Trojans. So uh, have another Trojan lineman that would be, you know, to join Ron Nix and Yeri and you know Bruce Matthews and myself would be pretty awesome. Now things like this tend to become wives' tales, but I've read, heard, maybe even you told me once. He was as good as anybody who ever did it. Uh, is it fair to ask you where he ranked? You know, it's tough because, you know, I, I put him up there, you know, Walter Jones. I, I really enjoyed watching guys like Willie Rofe and Jonathan Ogden. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys. But, you know, he would be a, probably a handful of guys I'd put up there in the upper echelon as far as guys that when I watch, I said, I love watching him. Pretty impressive. The humility there, he didn't mention himself. You're probably number one. So, uh, Final question, how deserving would this honor be for him? I mean, he's clearly a Hall of Fame guy. Well, no, it's very deserving. I mean, if, you know, if he just, if he gets that call or whatever that he's in, very deserving right. because to me it's, you know, the deserving part of it is what you did on the right. field. And I think he, you know, people talk about, well, his career wasn't as long as, hey, there's guys that have played, you know, and they were the best when they were playing, and that's what it's all about. If you're one of the best ever and one of the best we've played. So I, I would say that deserving if he gets that call, very deserving. Anthony Munoz yesterday, Hall of Fame tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, joining John Osher on Radio Row at Super Bowl 56. The full conversation 
between those two available on jaguars.com. Speaking of conversations, earlier this week, new Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson was in the building. In fact, over the weekend, he's in the building, yes, but he was here for the press conference on Saturday. After the fact, a sit-down interview one-on-one with Jaguars.com senior correspondent Brian Sexton and a lot of conversation about the quarterback and much more. A great opportunity to really to really flip this organization and get it get it back in the direction that it that it uh, I know that, that Shad Khan wants it to go and we all want it to go and you know to have have the quarterback in place is obviously a key thing and it kind of drew me to obviously this this franchise and then you know as you mentioned the, the draft capital and and resources it's just one piece of one piece at a time. You're the first Jaguars head coach who has played the position of quarterback. How does your experience as a player translate to coaching? The position. I just feel like I can see it through the quarterback's eyes. You know, I was never the starter a lot, you know, but I had had that career backup, so I was always in a, a kind of a coaching sort of a mentor. You know, I see the game through the quarterback's eyes, and I think that's important to to understand what they're what they're seeing, what those guys are seeing out on the football field, and then obviously having been coached by some some great coaches and you know head coaches in my career, it's something now that I can you know, pass on to it to a guy like Trevor and just just create that desire, which is already there, but you want to enhance the desire to, to be great. And he wants to be he wants to be that way. I want that for him. And again, teams that have this position right are the ones that have had success in this league. And, and uh, you know, Jacksonville has gotten it right. How we doing, man? Yeah, coach. How you doing, man? Good to meet you. Good to Great. see you. Great. This roster, I think, has some players on it. Guys like Josh Allen, who are hidden gems because this team hasn't had success and people haven't seen them. Do you see some promise in this roster, or do you see this as a long-haul job? No. I mean, to me, the guys like Josh Allen you know, on this roster are those guys that, that are in the right spots, right positions to be successful. And, and this is the other thing that attracted me to, to this, this job is the fact that these players are hungry to win. And that's all they want to do. They just want to play ball. These are these are these are kids that just want to be out there on the on the grass. They want to compete and win games. And that that is a that is a key recipe to the success in the National Football League with teams that you see year in and year out, you know, vying for those for those postseason spots. So how do you balance the the need to win now, right? The owner told the media in Jacksonville weeks ago, months ago now, uh, you know, he didn't want a five-year plan. He wanted to win. Um, and you just talked about the importance of that. But you have to be future focused also. How do you balance that, Doug? It's, it's a fine line. It's really a fine line. Listen, I want to win. I want to win tomorrow. You know, it's, it's something that, that, that we get into this business to win football games. That's why we get hired, right? And, and really, that's the reason sometimes we get fired. We just don't, we don't win enough games. But to me, the foundation's here. And now you just build upon that, right? With, with the coaching staff and with the front office. And, and obviously, again, as we talked with the, with the quarterback, and you just, you just start chipping away at it. And it's and it's a it's a it's a methodical process, but then then comes the day when when everything kind of is that aha moment and the light kind of turns on, and then when it does, that's that's a beautiful thing when that happens because your teams your teams united, um, and and you start winning games. There you have it, a portion of the conversation, the full sit down available on Jaguars.com. Doug Peterson and Jaguars.com senior correspondent Brian Sexton. Uh, it, it was a. It was a fun Saturday at uh, TIA Bank Field to have Peterson in the building, taking a look around for the first time, the the press conference upstairs in the West Club, 
Uh, we had the live coverage on Jaguars.com, a little pregame show, and then Peterson joined us uh, right after the fact and uh, got to get in his head a little bit. And he's been right after it. Uh, busy, of course, with all the reports coming out of these assistant coach uh, hires taking place, reports that they're in the building already. Some of these guys already getting to work uh, behind a little bit after a lengthy search. But uh, as Doug Peterson was saying during the press conference, he's uh, quite confident that um, this thing should get done pretty quickly, at least on the on the coaching side. And as we said earlier, once it's all hired and uh, close to done, you can expect one big announcement with the entire coaching staff on that. And the next question is, what happens with the executive vice president role that Shad Khan discussed during the press conference? They're out to the league. They've apparently got some interviews lined up. Uh, that will be in the next couple of weeks' time, I think, the next uh, big storyline for the Jaguars. Uh, today, though, of course, is uh, Tony Baselli Day. Let's see. Tonight, 9 o'clock, the uh, NFL Honors Show is on NFL Network, ESPN Plus, and ABC. That's when they'll announce the modern era electees from the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022, and we hope Tony Baselli is a part of that. We heard from Tony uh, coming up. A couple other Jaguars notes today. Uh, there were reports this morning that Tony Khan was preparing a run for Congress. Well, those are false. Tony Khan came out on Twitter himself uh, with a wrestling-style tweet, if you will, and said the fact-checking standard of pro football talk reporting is far lower than that of AEW's roving reporter Tony Schiavone. I'm definitely not running for Congress. This filing is faker than Eddie Gilbert's apology to Tommy Rich in 1984. Uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, there you have it. From Tony Khan's mouth to your ears, uh, he is not running for Congress in District Number 4. He said so himself today. Real news, though, the Jaguars are headed back to Wembley Stadium as part of the NFL uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell's a press conference yesterday, he announced two games, or actually four games coming up in Germany, including this year in Munich. And, of course, the, the league has two games at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium already on the books in London. The Jaguars, not long after that announcement, announced that they will play at Wembley Stadium in 2022 and return to a place where they started playing games in 2013, the Jaguars, and they've gone Every year since, they missed the COVID year of 2020. Last season, they went as part of the NFL package at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to play the Dolphins there and got the win on the long field goals at the end of the game to get that done. Next season, back to Wembley Stadium. We'll see what the future holds as well. But uh, as of now, 2022, the game announced. Uh, the, the schedule and the opponents will be announced closer to, if not right at the schedule announcement, which usually is right around the draft, but you can probably expect that in early May here in the 2022 campaign. So this year, the NFL is scheduled to have five international series games, three in London, the one at Wembley and two at Tottenham Hotspur, one in Germany and Munich, and then Mexico City will host a game as well. And each team around the league, starting with this season, will have a rotation of games over a number of years in international series games. So uh, everybody will be involved, at least at some point moving ahead. The Jaguars, of course, will be involved, it feels like, uh, most every year moving ahead. And certainly this year at Wembley Stadium, the National Stadium in England. The first year for the Jags, of course, back in uh, 2013, as we said, missed out in uh, 2020 
Uh, so there you have it. That's the biggest news of the week, of course, tonight. Uh, let's all cross our fingers for Tony Baselli. He sounded confident there. You know, he's got the family there, and we'll see what the official word is coming out. The accolades we know are all there. Um, we, we've heard about him for years and years and years. Hopefully tonight is the night that Tony Baselli makes his way into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. There is another uh, Jaguars connection that is a finalist tonight as well that should be knocking on the door. Leroy Butler is the other. Uh, Butler, of course, a uh, 12-year player with the Green Bay Packers. He's from right here at uh, Lee High School in Jacksonville. Uh, went to Florida State, of course. And uh, could he get in? Could it be a Duval double tonight, if you will, with Butler from here, Baselli, the first Jaguars player drafted, it is possible that could happen tonight. That would be uh, a heck of a run. And, and by the way, if this all happens, uh, if you've never been to Canton, Ohio, why not uh, you know make a make a trek up there and do it this time? If this is the case, if these both certainly if both of these players make it into the Hall of Fame, uh, it is surreal. Never been to I've never been to an enshrinement ceremony. But uh, have traveled to that place twice in two different years. 91 was the first time on a family vacation. It was still the small little Hall of Fame at that point. And then again in like 07, it had expanded. And since then, it's even, they've added a, a whole new experience on the back end of that. The stadium's brand new. And it is a weekend to remember in Canton, Ohio. Let's hope that the Jaguars are involved and Jacksonville as a city has two players into the Hall of Fame this year. It is well worth the trip if you are a football fan and a football history fan. Make it to Canton, Ohio. Our thanks to all our guests today. Well, John Osier from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56. Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst, joining us. And Hall of Fame finalist Tony Baselli joining us from his hotel room in L.A. 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight. NFL honors on ABC, ESPN+. Plus and NFL Network. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato and Brent Reber. For our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadwick. We'll catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.